Dancers. I'm Allison Southwick, and I'm joined by the stalwart Robert Brokamp. <laughs> Thank you. Always here and supporting me. I promise Diana will be back next week. So that's good news for the Diana fan club. We got your letters, okay? Jeez. All right, but this week we're going to talk about why healthy, wealthy, and wise is more than just an adage. It's science. The better you take care of your health, the wealthier you'll be. And so later in the show, we'll be joined by The Motley Fool's chief wellness fool with some advice on small steps you can take to be healthier and wealthier. But before that, we're going to talk about some simple hacks for breaking bad habits. And we're going to talk to some fools about their favorite travel sites and apps. All this and more on this week's episode of Motley Fool Answers. So the story we're going to talk about today came to us from Michelle, and it was an article on Quartz where we learned about a woman who erased $26,000 in debt by coloring in a pretty picture. So basically, she drew a big doodle with all these little swirls on a big canvas, and every time she paid off 100 bucks in debt, she colored in the swirl. And this act was enough motivation for her to get out of debt. Yes, and it, it is well established in the goal-achieving community that some way of tracking your goal visually could increase your chance of accomplishing it. And the, the story is really interesting. It's a woman named Amy Jones who was in credit card debt, and she was inspired by when she was a kid and her mom's job would have sales goals so you could get a vacation. Her mom had it next to her desk, and she'd color it in as she got closer to the goal, and she achieved it. Um, it's similar to something I mentioned last week and that I learned at the Morningstar conference in that uh, a company has figured out that if you create a wellness score for people, a financial wellness score, and show it to them, it causes them to save more for retirement because when they do that, their score goes up and it gives them some sort of tracking mechanism. And it's visual. It's not just, oh, I think I saved some more. I think I did something. You can see it happening. You get that instant gratification. Right. Exactly. Um Later in the show, we're going to talk about health and wealth. And another thing that people do is a big uh, controversy is whether you should track your weight every day or not. But my anecdotal evidence of talking to people is the people who track your weight but then also post it somewhere, they can see the progress they're making and it, it keeps them on track better than rather than, I, I think I should eat better and lose weight. Right, post it publicly, like on right. Twitter or someplace. Where right, and that's what this woman it. did too. She she drew her little doodle to getting out of debt and put it on Facebook and uh, got lots of feedback. And once you do that, you're kind of putting yourself out there. There's There are people who will tweet their weight or tweet their debt because you're saying to everyone, this is what I'm trying to accomplish because you know if you see them later, they're going to say, so how's that going? It's another way to keep you on track. So you highly recommend creating visual? I do. And in fact, the, this woman has, has actually turned it into a she business. She has turned it into a business yeah, something to help her color in even more circles. Uh, yes, it's called Map Your Progress. And it's, it's in the shape of dogs and all kinds of spirals and stuff like that. But mapyourprogress.com, take a look. It's really interesting. And I think it is a very inspiring way to uh, monitor your progress. And there's that satisfaction of like, okay, for her, she was paying, she was doodling in a spiral for every hundred dollars of debt she paid off. You have that that satisfaction of coloring it in, and it's uh, it's motivating. Coloring is kind of coloring for adults is also kind of a big trend right now. Is it really? I don't know if you knew that. I didn't. But know adult that. coloring books are kind of a thing. <laughs> so Seriously? not only can you wipe out debt, you can also be on trend. So <laughs> there you go.
So today we have a very special guest. It's Sam Whiteside. Sam. Hi, Sam. Hi, guys. So obviously Bro knows Sam, and that's because she is the chief wellness fool here at The Motley Fool, and her job is to make sure that we are healthier every day that we work here, and it's awesome. Thanks. You're great. So awesome. let me. Bra- I'm going to brag a little bit about Sam. So for those of you who don't know, we have an incredible wellness program. So she will work with you one-on-one on your nutrition, on exercise, on whatever. Um, she also manages a program where we get yoga classes during the day, boot camp classes, spinning classes. She has our annual health fair. She helps us if we want to run marathons. She'll subsidize the costs and she'll just bend over backwards. She even literally will walk with you. During the day, if you if you need a walk, she will literally drop what she's doing and go on a walk with you. We, we all could use a walk. We all could <laughs> Fresh use air, a walk, right? So because of her, here's a little stat. Bro isn't the only one who's got numbers. Uh, so at <laughs> most companies, maybe they get like a third of the company participating in their wellness program. That's mm-hmm. actually that's actually a stat. It's real. I didn't just make it up. It's okay. not maybe. It is. Most companies have only a third of their employees participate in their wellness program. But here at the Motley Fool. It's about 90% of fools have participated because of Sam, because she's awesome. Thank you. That was a big preamble. <laughs> oh, and Rick, the producer, is doing some jumping jacks right now. He's getting extra credit now. in my world. <laughs> had you not participated before? Not in a long time. He's, he's 91%. Of the 10%. 91%. 91%. <laughs> we did it. So Sam's not going to be happy till we get 100%. That's right. But also, part of her mission is to make fools slash our members healthier as well and so as part of that she's here today to talk to us about health and how it is also tied to your wealth that was a really really huge introduction but i just i love you so much oh thank you (laughs) we all do we all do the love the love is mutual oh that's great so robert before we get going i believe you have done some serious research into the connection between health and wealth right so various ways that your health will affect your wealth and vice versa. Number one is a study that came out, I believe, last year from Merrill Lynch and a fellow named Ken Dykewald. They asked a bunch of retirees, what's the number one key determinant of a happy retirement? And no, it wasn't money. It was health. It's hard to enjoy your golden years if you're not feeling so good. So there are actually several reasons why healthier people are wealthier. I'll give you three reasons. Number one, kind of self-evident, if you're in better shape, if you're eating better, you're spending less on medical care, on prescriptions, on going to the doctor. There's an ongoing study uh, known as the Harvard Alumni Study. It's been tracking 17,000 male graduates over from Harvard over decades. Wait, only male? Yeah, it's only male over four decades. I don't know why that is. Uh, anyway, so one of the big conclusions of the study so far is that physical activity reduces the risk of heart disease, diabetes, colon cancer, breast cancer, and yes, men can get breast cancer. When you think of all those types of things and the amount of money you have to spend to take care of that, that's a lot of money. Uh, number two is actually job performance. Um, healthier people are more productive, take fewer health days, um, less stress at work, and vice versa. People with financial problems are not as productive at work because they're more stressed out. And the third way is that good habits pay off in multiple ways. So there are plenty of studies have shown that if you have good habits in one area of your life, it actually pours over into the other parts of your life. Willpower is actually like a muscle. Um, The more you use it, the better you are at controlling certain behaviors or doing certain things that you may not want to do. And let's face it, 
being healthy and smart hab money habits aren't actually the most fun things to do. You either have to deny yourself something or you have to do something that will make you sweat or is not as fun. So doing uh, a good job in one area of your life often pours over to the other part of your life. So Sam, some of our listeners maybe got a late start planning for retirement, uh, and we actually have done a couple episodes on on planning for retirement, catching up, sort of. Uh, with health, I imagine it's never too late to start either, to become healthier. That's true. Um, basically, the benefits of physical activity and changing your diet for the better. Um, overall, generally, that doesn't change, whether you're in your 20s, whether in your 60s. You're going to see some of those same benefits of increasing your physical activity, increasing your cardio, your weight training. So it's never too late to start. When we were initially talking about this episode, Rick, the producer, hey Rick, brought up a good point. He's like, well, should I, is it more important for me to eat better or is it more important for me to exercise? And I thought that was a great question. So I'm just going to steal that question. Is it more important to make small changes in your eating habits or in how much exercise you get? If I had to choose between diet and exercise, I would definitely choose uh, modifications in your diet. Um, you can exercise all you want, but you definitely cannot exercise off two or 3,000 extra calories that you may have consumed that day. So definitely modifications in your nutritional choices would be my choice. What's one of the best ways to make modifications to your diet? Um, the biggest thing is portion control. Um, portion sizes in the United States are absolutely two to three, if not four times larger than what we actually need. Um, if you go over to anywhere in Europe, you will see that the portion sizes are almost half the size of what they are here in the United States. And what do you see in, the, in, in Europe and especially over in London and France and the UK? Less incidence of cardiovascular disease, less incidence of diabetes and obesity. And a lot of that has to do with portion control. No, it's because of olive oil and red wine. That too. That's what I've read. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. It is the Mediterranean steady, diet. Steady diet yep. of fish, olive oil, and lots of red wine. Yep. Let's throw dark chocolate in there as well. So then how does someone combat, because when you get like your huge plate of food or when you even shopping at the grocery store, how do you better manage portion control? Because I know like there's some, like with my husband, I, I feel like when he got diagnosed with diabetes, I remember they talked a lot about things the size of my fist. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Right? right. Am I, oh, gosh. Yeah. Typically, my husband is still alive, despite <laughs> me not remembering the whole part about fit my fist. So that was probably referring to the portion control of your protein. Typically, proteins are, should be around the size of your fist. Um, but as far as easy ways to manage your portion control, if you're going out to dinner and you know that you're going to be served something that's two to three times larger than possibly, A, what you're hungry for, or B, what you should be eating, immediately ask for a to-go box when that meal comes out. Cut it in half, put it away, set it aside. That way you don't see it, you don't eat it. I had a really good friend who, when we would go out to eat, and like you would start, you know, you have people just start whinging and they're like, oh, I can't eat another bite. But you keep eating another bite. Exactly. As soon as you would start whinging, she would take the salt, take off the lid of the salt, and just pour the whole salt You're shaker on me. your food so you wouldn't eat it. So she'd be like, there. <laughs> now you really can't eat another bite. That also works. <laughs> Um, probably my second tip is just to always uh, have a plan. So if you go to the grocery store um, and you purchase everything for, for that week or, or even two weeks at a time, um, you come home, go ahead and pre-portion and clean and cut everything out. So I will clean and cut all of my fruits and vegetables and 
cook up all my proteins and stuff and package them individually into reusable containers. That way, when I pack my lunch and or, and or cook my dinner and assemble things, I just grab them out of the fridge. They're already pre-portioned. You don't have to worry about any of that. Yeah, it takes more time up front, but you save a lot of time and calories in the long run. All right. So even though we said that physical fitness is maybe the, the second best thing, what's your best advice for people when it comes to getting more physical fitness? What if I'm really lazy? <laughs> I, I am really no lazy. you're not yes i am you come to my classes you're not lazy no. <laughs> um, the first recommendation slash tip i would have uh, if you just want to increase your overall uh, physical activity and decrease your sedentary behavior would just be to just start moving um, we are a very very sedentary society um, based upon numerous studies and um, that have been accumulated over many many years um we know that sedentary behavior causes chronic diseases. Chronic diseases cause death. Chronic diseases are, are killing us. So sedentary behavior causes these chronic diseases of basically your diabetes, your heart disease, your obesity, things that can be altered um, through your behavior. So sedentary behavior um, can definitely be changed. So get up and start walking. Don't sit for over three hours at a time. If you have a sedentary job, see if you can get your employer to, to put in a couple standing desks or treadmill desks. Go ahead and take you know, morning and afternoon and, and evening 20-minute um, breaks and step outside and get some fresh air. Um, just get moving. The problem is that we are sitting, and we're sitting for too long. It also helps productivity, by the way. So several studies have shown if you work, try to work for longer than 25 minutes at a time, your productivity and ability to focus just nosedives. And if you can get up and take a walk for 10 minutes, it sort of rejuvenates that. Yep. Yeah, we actually do. Some people in the full do walking meetings. Like you'll always see Anand and Mike D. I don't expect you guys, listeners, to know who Anand and Mike <laughs> D are, but they, you'll just see them. They'll just, they're just always walking when they're having their meetings, just walking and talking, doing a walk and talk. Yep. I call it doing a Sorkin, doing an Aaron Sorkin <laughs> around the office. <laughs> and if you were to ever visit Full HQ, you would see the stand up desks, the treadmill desks. Yep. We're, we're definitely putting into action a lot of the things that we have learned over the years. All right, so before we let you out of here, Sam, what is your best piece of advice for our listeners when they're done listening to this podcast? What should they go and do next so that they can live a healthier and wealthier life? That's a tough question, but if I were to choose one thing, it would be just to consciously make small choices every day. So don't go out there and think that you can go ahead and start exercising if you're not on an exercise plan already. 60 minutes a day, five times a week, if you or changing your diet completely, doing a complete 180. Um, make small changes. Small changes equal to large gains, um, just like in finance. So, um, <laughs> bringing it around. <laughs> so swap out your sodas for water. Um, add in a small side salad to your lunches and dinners. Um, again, decreasing your sedentary behavior. Just make small changes that equal to large gains. And and don't hang yourself out to dry. If you if you have that piece of cake, if you have pizza, so what? It's Everything all about balance. It's, it's all about balance. Exactly. <laughs> Bro, do you have a piece of advice? Because you recently, well, not super recently, but within like the last couple of years, you decided made a decision to get healthier. Yeah, actually, at one point, I dropped 25 pounds by um, eating better and exercising more. Um, and one of the books that I found the most helpful, and this is my recommendation, is the Beck Diet Solution. Those of you in the psychologist world, and my wife is a mental health counselor, will know Aaron Beck, the father of cognitive behavioral therapy. This book is actually written by his daughter. And the whole premise of cognitive therapy in general is that we kind of say weird things to ourselves and then we believe them. When it comes to dieting, 
related to what you just said is like, if you get up in the morning, you say you're on a diet and you have a donut, a lot of us then will say, oh, well, I've blown my diet for the day. And then you eat five donuts. Exactly. It doesn't make really a whole lot of sense. No. Um, and we also will often overvalue the pleasure we're going to get from that donut. Or once we've eaten half the portion of our food, recognize like, okay, I'm done. I don't need to do any more of this. Uh, one of the, the big parts of the book is writing down the reasons why you want to eat better and be healthier. And you have to look at that twice a day, but also anytime you feel tempted to have that donut or whatever. And you look at, you know, like, you know what, I've, in my case, to be honest, I have, there's a high incidence of heart disease in my family. It was one of the big motivators for me. So being reminded of the fact that I don't want to be like my dad and have three heart attacks, that was a motivator for me to eat better and move more. All right, so there you have it. Our, our best advice for being healthier and wealthier is to make small little changes to your diet. Get up and move a little bit at least every hour if you have a sedentary job. I would love that. Yeah? Every hour. And you would get a gold star from Sam. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, don't beat yourself up if you do make mistakes and if you do have a piece of cake or you do end up sitting for a couple hours at a time. You're only human. Exactly. Right. Just and keep moving. Just keep moving and keep making good, small decisions every day, one after another. They'll stack up and add up just like your money. <laughs> <laughs> So for today's little bit of practical advice, it's summertime and we wanted to know what are the best travel websites. And of course, the best place for us to research that is with our super hip and savvy millennials here at The Motley Fool. <laughs> and so I went around and asked a bunch of fools what their favorite travel websites were. And this is what they had to say. My name is Megan Brinsfield. I'm a financial planner at The Fool. And when I want to travel on a budget internationally, I go to bootsandall.com. It has a lot of like country and location specific profiles, like what to do um, in each place, how to get from one place to the next, and um, just from real travelers. So that makes it helpful for me. I'm Vijeth Mudlagundi. I'm a investing intern here at The Motley Fool for the summer of 2015. And the websites I use are Skyscanner and Rome to Rio. Skyscanner helps you find the best flights you can uh, connecting between t different cities, and also lets you find like from one city to like several different cities. Find a city that's the best for you. So like when you're trying to hop around from city to city, Skyscanner is really helpful, especially if you have no plan of where you're going. It might be it might be helpful to find the cheapest flight. And Rome to Rio, if you do have a place to go in mind, you can find out the cheapest way to get there by plane, by bus, by car, and see, and it'll give you an estimate about how much it'll cost to go from one place to another. Hi, my name is Cheryl Palting, and I work in recruiting here at The Motley Fool. Um, I love using Trover because you can search by location, and then from there kind of get the best of everything in that location, whether it's like the best boat rides or the best family fun things you can do or um, what you want to do on a Saturday night. Um, I also love using Skip Flag because the website's super simple to use, and for me, super simple websites to use are the best things in the world. Skip Flag basically gives you travel prices uh, for those hard to reach time. So if like you're traveling at 4 a.m., it's super cheap prices um, at like the times that no one really likes going. I'm Mona Shaw. I am the operations manager for Motley Fool Wealth Management, and I particularly like the app Hipmunk. 
uh, I think it does a really good job of uh, showing you what layovers exist and how painful those might be, uh, which is incredibly crucial when you're deciding is it worth spending the extra money for a direct flight versus not. Thanks, fools, for all the awesome website recommendations. Robert, what's your go-to travel website? Well, when I was in Chicago, when I brought my 14-year-old son with me, I used Yelp quite a bit um, to find things to do and then see the reviews. So we actually were able to find a great Segway tour there in Chicago. We also learned that the best time to go to the Willis Tower, formerly known as the Sears Tower, formerly the tallest building in the world. We went there the first time during the day. It was a two-hour line. We told we saw on Yelp to go right before it closes, and it was like a 20-minute line. Cool. Way to yeah. go, Yelp. Yeah. Uh, I would say my favorite travel website is TripAdvisor. I don't go anywhere without getting advice on TripAdvisor, and we have found amazing places to stay. Uh, amazing things to do. It's just been my all-around favorite go-to site. Have you ever done Airbnb? I have, a couple times. We did that last summer. Highly recommend it, especially if you have a family. Yeah, but definitely read the rules. I forgot to read the rules about staying in the house last time, and oh my gosh, that woman just ripped into me. Oh, really? <laughs> what? Because we didn't strip no the bed. No setting fires or we something made, like that? We made the beds rather than stripping the beds. And then um, also this fan thing broke. Um, and I, she was like, you should have told me immediately that it was broken. And then, um, also Hannah left her cabbage patch doll there. So I had to, and then, so then I had to go back hat in hand and be like, Hey, do you mind mailing me my daughter's cabbage patch doll? <laughs> and she was not amused about that at all. Goodness um, gracious. No, we, so. had, we had great experience. And this was in England and France. So it wasn't even just in the U.S. And it went, went very well. Airbnb is great. It was yeah. just my last experience. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put that on me, that it was my fault that I did not read about stripping the beds. That's, I don't know. She sounds a little crazy. Strip the beds, people. <laughs> Whatever you do, just, just strip the beds. Even if they don't ask, just strip them and put them in a big pile somewhere and say, you're welcome. <laughs> Before we go, I obviously want to thank Sam for joining us, but I also want to give a shout out to one of our listeners. And that listener is Michael H. I won't say his last name just because maybe he's not proud of being one of our listeners. I hope he is. <laughs> uh, but Michael H. came by the office and he visited us at Full HQ the other day. And it was such a delight to meet him and hear about him and his wife who listened to all of our podcasts. So I just wanted to say thanks, Michael H., for stopping by and thanks for listening. <laughs> We love our listeners, and if you love us, please head over to iTunes and rate the show. We currently have 82 reviews. I would love to get us over 100, so help me color in a few more swirls oh, on this picture. Good. <laughs> Only you can help me make this pretty picture, so if you can do that, we really would appreciate it. All right. The show is colorfully edited by Rick Engdahl, and the music is composed and performed by the absent, but coming back soon, Diana Yoakum. For Robert Brokamp, I'm Allison Southwick. Cool. Love.